Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at pa2cpodcast1 at gmail.com. Hello, this is the PATC Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, My name is Mark Waterfill. I am the president and owner of Public Agency Training Council, and we really appreciate you listening to our podcast. PATC is the country's largest and longest-running provider of seminars for law enforcement and fire officials. We also teach uh, school teachers, school principals, administrators, and similar public officials. Uh, we've got a great guest here t- with us today, Janet Arrowwood. We also have my co-host, David Broadway. Dave, uh, introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background. My name is David Broadway. I've been in law enforcement, retired 34 years. I adjunct for Western Carolina University in the School of Criminology and Criminal Justice. And also I've been a- associated with PATC going on eight years and really, really love being out there, being retired now, dealing with some of the issues that current law enforcement is dealing with. Fantastic. And uh, our guest on this uh, edition of the podcast is Janet Arrowwood. Janet, what is your background? Well, I have what I call a checkered past. I was a military officer in the Signal Corps communications. And when I left the service, I went to work at a think tank called MITRE Corporation. And then I went to work at Lockheed Martin, which was at the time Martin Marietta. So I was an aerospace engineer. And I did a lot of the writing because as I was told, you're a girl, you can write. I'm a degree mathematician, but whatever. So I um, went to work for NATO and I was there when peace broke out. So when I came back, the defense industry was not what it was. So I went into business on my own about 30 years ago, doing what I knew best, which is helping people write documents and write proposals and analyze solicitations and so forth. And so you have a business. What is the name of that? My company is called The Right Source. So I've had it for about 33 years now. What does that company do? Well, we provide a broad spectrum of grant writing training, proposal writing training, writing specification and statements of work, scope of work, technical editing and technical documentation primarily. We have worldwide clients. Is it focused on any particular industry or is it all sorts of industries? It's a pretty broad range. It's more into the the more technical, the not so much the soft skills, so, so not human resources, medical, but more military, law enforcement, engineering, aerospace, those sort of agencies and and entities, and and then UN agencies, United Nations entities. That's great. And where do you live? I live in the desert of Western Colorado, just over Mm. the border from Utah. I bet it's beautiful. Is that where the cliff dwellers had their outpost? No, No, we're pretty far north of that. It's kind of right in the middle of the state, but right on the Utah border. Right, I-70 runs right through town. And what class is it that you teach for PATC? Uh, what I do for you all is uh, basically effective grant writing, how to find opportunities and then put together grants that meet the requirements and hopefully get the money. What topics are discussed in that class? Um, well, it's a, it's a pretty broad range of things, but I, I talk a lot about identifying who your audience is going to be for putting in the grant and finding opportunities that really match what you need because funders are very specific. They don't just fund just because they have money and you have a need. You have to need what they want to fund. They're very particular about funding. So I go through how to write more effectively because many times what people put together, it's just it's just not 
coherent. It tends to be about them rather than the audience, the reviewers. And so if the reviewer, the people with the money don't see you as a resource that they can give money to and get benefit back from, they're not going to give you anything. So I, I explain with the whole concept of that and then what it means to write in plain language, because plain language is really critical. It's You have a lot of jargon in your industry, as does every industry, but the funders of grants may not, may not understand your jargon or worse, may have a different view of what that jargon is. And then they, they're like, what are they talking about? So I go through all of that. And then I go through what I call the C's and the R's of effective grant proposals. So what's making it clear and concise and responsive and so forth. So a lot of alliterative things to help people remember them. And then how to analyze solicitations. So looking at requests for application or RFAs or cooperative agreement notices. Um, so what they are, how to respond to them. And then one of the main resources, particularly for PATC, which would be the federal government grants and then are also state government grants. So I'll, I'll explain a bit about how to use grants.gov and what's out there. And to a lesser degree, the specifics, the states, because people are from so many different states that it's hard to, to really give a specific example from one state because that may not apply elsewhere. And then I, I also talk about using a, a standard form. Many states have a common grant application. So if you're applying at a state level, whether it's to the state or to a grant maker, say a foundation in that state, they use a common grant form so that there's a standardization. But not all states have it. And so um, I just generally, because I'm in Colorado, I just pull the Colorado one to show people how to how important it is to follow a format and what in general funders are look for, looking for. And then I have them start to draft a grant proposal. So that, that's the kind of materials I do and how to research the funders. So what to look for, how to analyze the website, read the uh, annual reports to see who got funded and ways to do outreach to people who've, who've been funded before. Grants are not free money nor are they indefinite money. If you're looking for grant funding, you want to keep in mind that it's often limited between one, one to five years, generally about three years. So you have to plan for when it goes away. And at the same time, people who have the money have no reason to not talk to you about the person where they got the money because they can't keep they can't keep going back for the most part. So I talk about how important it is to network your way into more opportunities. Jen, I don't know where you've been all my life, but after writing, trying to write two books and writing uh, grants on the state level for the state of Florida, I got into things like uh, mixing assets and things like that. And I learned quite a bit over the years, like putting this aircraft engine into another aircraft, and now it becomes both of our properties. The specifics of the grant can't be over, uh, overstated. The, the giveaway program that the military had during the uh, Reagan administration, mm -hmm. like, here's your helicopter, but yeah, we don't have any parts for it. You know, so it's really good to get these kind of things. But could you expand on something like the, you know, the, the after the grant has expired? Because I had to write one each year for a, a narcotics program. Well, grants are, the average is about three years for grant funding, but I've seen, I actually, I've seen them go out as long as seven years, like Department of Education ones, but a one year, like a one year renewable isn't unusual and you have to reapply, but as long as you follow the rules and you were following the rules, you'll usually get the funding for at least another one to two years. But it's important going in to understand that you have to know what the funder will fund, what the restrictions are on their funding, and what kind of in-kind and other assets you have to bring to the table. And they're very specific as to what counts and, and what they will fund. Like, for example, you cannot, I've never seen a grant solicitation that will allow you to fund a grant writer as part of the money. So you have to pay them separately. And if you try to hide that within your reimbursement requests, they, they will audit you a pretty like they're pretty likely to audit you and they'll shut you down. They will say the money stops. Not only does it stop, but because they pay in arrears, generally you do a 
three months worth of work, submit it, and it takes them another 60 days to give you your money. So you're running five months behind from the first dollar. And so you put that in, and if they find out that you've broken the rules, they, they don't give you your five months. It's gone. You don't get it. So there's a lot of, of things like that people have to be aware of. And if they say we fund software but not computers, they mean it. You, you can't try to slide some computer money in or vice versa, slide the software licenses in if they don't fund it. So they're very particular. What, what I tell people, if you, if you keep nothing else in mind, write in plain, clear, everyday English, address all the requirements, and remember rule number one, the people with the money make the rules. <laughs> rule number two, see rule number one. <laughs> Perfect. Are there financial concerns? Uh, can they, can those concerns sometimes involve criminal penalties for uh, applicants or recipients? I don't think so. I mean, if you're messing with the federal government, all bets are off. Yeah. You know, if you've got something from grants.gov, let's let's say you've got it from the Department of Justice, which is where many of your people would probably look. I suppose they, because you've signed a bunch of government stuff and are misrepresenting it, I guess that could be penalties. I'm not an attorney or a police officer, so I don't really know. But I would certainly go in thinking that if I'm going to violate what I signed up to, that someone might be coming looking for me. Janet, what I've experienced over the years, and I'd like to hear your comment on this, is I would get a call through the um, like mid-season of, of a calendar grant saying, Dave, you spent all your money? I said, I'm getting close. And uh, they'd say, can you take some? Because another state would come in and say, we're not going to uh, use $300,000 of the grant. You got anybody that wants it? And, uh, and I'd say, yeah, give it to me. But I had to have a plan in motion. How was I going to legitimately and uh, be able to show uh, you know, widgets that I spent that money right? Could you comment on that in here? Just taking well, additional funding? I haven't seen places really offer additional funding, but of course, if they did, yeah, you would, it would be helpful to have a, a plan. And if, if you're going to rely on additional grant funding, then you should have a plan for what you're going to use additional funds for so that if something were to come your way, you're ready to go because you were going to be applying for something else next year or next cycle yes, anyway. So sure, but you've got to keep really close track of what you're spending. And you know, like you have to have really detailed financial stuff. One what? of my good friends is an accountant, and she does grant management for a place that's just having all kinds of issues. And she knows all the ins and outs of finance, and she still has a hard time. It is not easy to to manage okay. a grant. Do your principles or the instruction you give apply to grants by private foundations, or are you focused only on state and federal government grants? Oh, no, it applies to any type of grant. I, what I work with when I do any type of writing training is making writing a process. So whether it's grant writing or you're, maybe you're, you're writing rules and regulations for within your police agency, it's having a process in place and creating a structure and so forth so that you can have it all planned out before you write so you don't repeat yourself, so that you know where everything's going to go, so that your reviewers can make sure that they agree with how you plan to do things. So I try to help people make a process because the more of a process you have in place, the easier it is to fill in the blanks and stay on message. Otherwise, if people just start to write, they wander all over the are there significant opportunities for police departments uh, with private foundations? Will they fund training? There are some out there. Uh, and you know, sometimes it's worth just trying to build a relationship with foundations in your area to see if they might be interested. Um, but there's things like the um, firehouse subs. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar yeah, with them or yeah. not, but it started by That's law true. enforcement and firefighters. Yeah. And they have a foundation that does grants. Mm. 
And there, if you need things like um, radios or license plate readers and things like that, they pay for things like that. Ah. But it's a it's a very competitive grant process, and you have to. It's I think they run it quarterly, but maybe it's maybe it's only twice mm-hmm. a year or something. And you pretty much have to have like your grant application, your proposal ready to go because when they open the window within a, a week or two, it's shut again because so many people applied for it. So there, there are places like that out there. I think Mad Mothers, you know, the Mad organization and things like that would be an excellent place for law enforcement to look. They're always giving awards and things like that. And it's such a huge movement that they may have grants for like DWI enforcement and such as that, would you think? Very possible. It could very well be. Last year, our company engaged a private company that gave us leads. And then towards the end of last year, we discovered a free service in Indiana from an entity called PTAC, which was so funny because we are PATC. And this is an organization from the state of Indiana and the Defense Department that now gives us free access to leads for government contracts. Are there similar entities around various states throughout the country that might give a law enforcement department or a fire department leads as to grants? I know, I don't know if it's free, but I know in, like in Colorado, there's a place called CRC, Charlie Romeo, Charlie America. I think it's a .org. It might be .com. But they focus on Colorado grant opportunities across the board, not, not just for law enforcement and first responders and firefighters mm-hmm. and so on. So there are places like that. I know they do grant writing training. They do charge for that. Um, but they have a they have a book that they put out of all kinds of opportunities across the state. What I would offer to people is, and I always ask people, do you have a library card? Well, with the library card, you can tap in online from your home office or whatever into the library's assets. And the libraries tend to have all kinds of grant resources. There's a, there's a place called... I'm going to say it's the Grant Center or something. I'd have to look it up. But they're based in New York, and they have a huge reference manual of all kinds of grant opportunities. So there are there are resources out there. You might have to do some work. I mean, you can go into the reference librarian and have them help you with it, too. Oh, it's the Foundation Center. That's what it's called. And it's mm-hmm. based out of New York. And if there's a fee to get into it, but your library paid the fee if they have the book. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, you can ask mm-hmm. them to get it. Would you say that there is a current trend for law enforcement grants? You know, I would think that perhaps in years past it was drug enforcement, but is it, you know, I know that in our classes we're seeing a huge demand for sexual offense instruction and, and that sort of thing. But has are there trends that are happening right now where there seems to be more grant money in a particular area? specifically more. I was just doing some looking a little while ago, and I did see a lot drug-related, particularly with heroin and fentanyl. Yeah. Um, but then I also saw a lot of community policing. Yeah. So not to say that that represents any trend, but things that like that out there. I have seen more like assistance to survivors of, of violence, especially sexual violence. Not mm. not as much, say, harassment, but I I think part of it is simply finding a place that does what you want, because it doesn't matter how many are out there. You need to tailor your search very specifically so that you find a place that wants to fund what you need. Are there particular entities that come to your mind when you think of law enforcement grants? 
Yeah, the main ones that come to my mind out, outside of, say, the firehouse one really are the Department of Justice. Yeah. Ones. That, that's probably the, the best overall provider. Um, Department of Homeland Security might have some stuff. The TSA, Transportation Security Administration, might. Post 9-11, um, the... I don't know if it was TSA or DHS, but one of them had this two or three hundred billion dollar fund for grants because, as everybody found out, the police couldn't talk to the Port Authority, couldn't talk to the firefighters and so on in New York, couldn't talk. New York couldn't talk to New Jersey and so on. And I could relate having been a communications officer. We couldn't talk to the Koreans when I was over there. So what they came up with was funding for the different commercial providers. So this wasn't just limited to law enforcement, but this was commercial radio producers to get them to go in and solve some of these interoperability problems. And so there was hundreds of billions of dollars in that. You would begin by looking at, for example, just the Department of Justice website, I assume. Well, you could look at theirs. They they have a lot of useful information there. And you can also go into the grants.gov because that has 26 different federal agencies that provide different types of grant funding. So I would certainly look at them. I was thinking of another one you could look at. Oh, well, it'll come back to me. Have you run into any competing type of grant within a same agency? Because I'll tell you why. I got a, a, a DOJ, uh, a pretty sizable uh, grant every year, but also I had one from Forestry. And sometimes you couldn't really mix missions and mix that kind of money. And it was a, it was a, a, a bookkeeping nightmare. You'd say, wait a minute, is that going to come out of that grant or that grant? And you'd have to sit there and scratch your head a minute and go, okay, it's more them than them. Yeah, I mean, I have seen where you could, what happens is many places try to get multiple grants to fund things because some may fund real property mm-hmm. and some may fund services. Or, and so to, to put together everything you need, you may have to get several opportunities. And then you do have to carefully divide out what how you allocate things. You yes, also ma'am. have to allocate your in-kind and cash resources because most of them want somewhere between, you to come up with somewhere between 10 to 50% of the total cost could be volunteers. It could be your your regular budget. It could be, you know, that an officer is going to donate or not donate, but devote some percent of their time towards some program. Um, and you can't use it. You can't double count it most for the most part. Right. That's what I was getting at. And, and it became really complex at times. You know, you'd look at boundaries, traditional boundaries and aircraft being used in different uh, bound. And, you know, I'd go, let me let me give it a swag. You know, I think this is where we should report. Janet, thank you so much. You're a fantastic instructor. We truly enjoy our relationship with you and and always receive wonderful uh, evaluations back from your class. This is real, practical, immediate information that our officers can use and enjoy. And uh, thank you so much for attending our podcast. One, two, three.